Good morning, everyone. This is Jeff of the Cyber Pro Podcast back with another episode. And today is a special day for me because I have my first repeat guest. So we will call this Grant Gibson part deux. <laughs> and with that, Grant, how are you? It's good to see you again. It's been quite a year. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do, please. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Jeff. It was a great time last time. I'm sure it will be again. I'm Grant Gibson. I'm the CISO for the Cyber Institute for Battle Readiness. And basically what I do is try to stay on top of threats and predict what's coming next year. The, the impossible job, some would say. I don't think some people would say that. I think most people would say that. Uh, so, so let's talk about that. Uh, when you're at the beginning of the year and you're looking at the threat landscape of the new year and trying to predict what might be coming down the pipe, um, share with us a little bit about how you go about that near impossible task of corralling things. Right. Well, one thing we do is look what, what, what's been successful in the past year, even if they were small successes to try to pick where the hackers might go. We also follow the money. Where's, where's the money in this? What's lucrative for hackers? You know, there's not, you know, in, in the nineties, eight dating myself in the nineties, it was all about, you know, what are the kids doing? The kids were hacking. What are they out there doing? You know, creating mischief. And now it's now it's more about money. People are making money off hacking. So so it's not so much the random threats. It's where's where's profitability for hackers, and so that's where we look. Yeah. So so on that, uh, you know, we we hear that those those threat that threat landscape is always changing and always evolving. Right now, at this moment in time, what do you see that's coming up in this next year or so? Yeah, uh, you know, the usual things you're going to hear a lot about ransomware. You're going to hear a lot about phishing. Those, those aren't going away. They're, they're probably getting more popular. You're going to hear a lot about crypto. Uh, there is one new concern, and that's, that's Log4J that's, that's, that's come up. It kind of popped up in December, and, and, and it's just so widespread and so dangerous that I think we're going to hear a lot about that. And I hope, I hope the viewers here particularly pay attention to that particular piece. Yeah, Log4J. Let's talk about that. So thank you very much. For those of you who are watching our podcast, uh, we here try to keep up like everybody else with the, the new and upcoming things. But quite honestly, this one caught me off guard. And so I'm excited to talk about it with Grant just because um, it is one of these things which I have just learned that is kind of under the radar, under the wave, if you will. It's not a direct attack vector. It's something that affects many systems, platforms, is rather agnostic and is very simple to attack. So with that, tell us about how those vulnerabilities uh, can, can devastate systems and, and you know what can we do to be not only more aware of it, but potentially combat it. Right. And so, uh, so, uh, so a system like this is, 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 is a simple system that's embedded in a lot of different software at the server letter, level excuse me, the server level to keep logs in place. And so a lot of people have used this rather than create their own stuff. They just take what's there. Problem is when you have something at such a low level, um, if, if, if a hacker finds a way to take advantage of it, it has root system access. And because it's logging, it's actually pulling information from everywhere. So even, even a simple web page uh, can give a hacker access to it where your firewall may not catch it, right? You're not working with different ports and things. You're just working with, you know, a chat message or a login screen or different ways you can you can affect this. So it's a really dangerous thing because because it's very simple for a hacker to gain access to this 
And a lot of companies have taken the software incorporated. It, so there's a lot of vulnerability out there. How do you protect against something like that? Well, you patch, right? Update. We've all been told update, 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 especially if you have log4j. Um, but the reality is there's no way to, there's no 100% way to mitigate this, right? You just can't mitigate this 100%. Best thing to do is to have good practice in place, to pay attention to the cybersecurity news, to be aware when these things happen, to have a regular update schedule, even if you don't catch something like this. And to have a team of experts you can talk to or a podcast you can go to where they're going to have some of these updates so that you can stay informed on them. Wow. Love the plug there, Grant. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to drill down a little bit on that question and and ask you to maybe kind of shed some light on uh, that this vulnerability is not something that you can see coming. You talked about a chat window. You talked about a login window where it doesn't even it doesn't actually touch the firewall. It doesn't, it doesn't touch many of those traditional aspects of cybersecurity that we say, if A happens, then B must follow, right? This is something that's a little bit more on the horizon, but can still bite you. So right. share with us a little bit more about what that looks like so we can be aware of what we're looking at. Well, let's, let's talk about what logging software does for a second, right? You go into your login screen and you type in your username and your password, right? And that logging software immediately logs that there was an attempt to log in. Let's say you send a chat. That logging software immediately logs that there was a chat request, right? It may not save the chat. It's not going to save the password in the log files, but it's going to note that when you execute a thing like this, you can put a string, you can put this string of characters that 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 enables this vulnerability into the login screen into the username right and when you send that off well when the logging software sees that it doesn't log that which is how you would detect this right you would tell you look at your logs and say okay do i take well now you don't detect it because it executed it instead of logging it so you don't even know what happened and it happened at that logging root level where it had system access so someone just went to a chat window minecraft the google minecraft youtube minecraft log4j this is how they did it they went and they stuck a string in a chat window and they gained root access to the Minecraft server for Microsoft through the Xbox. It wasn't even through a PC, it was through the Xbox. That's, that's what this is. And that's why this is dangerous. And that's why you, you just can't see it coming because it bypasses the firewall. It, by, it bypasses your logging software because it takes advantage of logging software. It downloads the malware from the internet and runs whatever you want. And you can access it from any kind of system. It's just, it's just, a, it's just probably the worst vulnerability in 30 years, to be honest with you. And there's just, you know, the only thing you can do, patch, patch, patch. You, you touched on something that's becoming very commonplace in that we now have many platforms by which we enter systems. It used to be back in the day that it was a guy sitting at a PC with a keyboard and a big box sitting on the floor next to the desk. Now it is an Xbox. Now it is some sort of gaming console, VR, could be anything, right? That being said, what else can we do, if anything, on the front end to create an extra barrier or an extra flag so we can see something that comes in from a non-traditional way that we weren't expecting? Right. And, and, and I think the answer is, you know, I think the answer is not there's something you can do on the front end. 
mm. uh, to protect yourself from various components, right? I think on the back end, we just have to get more focused on the reality that we can't assume that this is going to come from a traditional source. We have to, we can't assume that any source is safe. It comes back to that zero trust that's been coming about for the last couple of years. We talk about, so does anybody really know what zero trust means? I don't think we do yet, but I think we're getting a better picture. And I think this is it, right? Don't trust anything. Don't trust the Xbox. Don't trust the PlayStation. Don't trust the phone. Don't trust the VR. Don't trust the car. Yeah. Don't trust the car. Don't trust the washing machine. Don't trust anything and zero trust. From a system, I from you know from a home user standpoint, you have to trust your car, right? From a system, a system administrator, IT standpoint, don't trust the car. Don't, don't trust anything, right? Because you can't. Yeah. So what I think I'm hearing here is, there's only so we have to accept that there's only so much that we can do to thicken and harden the wall to protect us. But once that once they are inside the wall, there's more that can be done there to be aware of that east-west traffic, not that northwest, not north-south traffic. That's right. That's right. And, and, and that's exactly right. And the industry is catching up with that. You know, the industry is never on top of the latest hacks, right? They respond to hacks, but they're catching up quickly. And there's some good tools that are going to be out there in the next couple of years that are going to help systems administrators do exactly that. Um, but at the end of the day, it's really about being vigilant in your environment and keep in mind that while these things are dangerous and out there and you, and you need to be aware, especially this one, Log4j, right? This particular one you need to be aware of. They're not, they're not all going to be so ubiquitous as this one, right? Some are going to be smaller footprints. But even the simple things like passwords, right? The biggest hacks that have happened in 2020 and 2021 were passwords, right? They weren't Log4j. Right. I, I expect we'll see some Log4j this year in the news when the first big attack happens. But, uh, but passwords are still the biggest threat out there. Users are still the biggest threat out there, right? Right. Thank you for the bonus content, because I think that's where we're going with that. All right. So back to the podcast. Question number six, our final question, and it's kind of a feel good question. Um, you know, we've all chosen to enter cybersecurity in whatever way that we uh, do, and we are happy about the work that we do. Uh, but every once in a while, we get reminded of why we do what we do. Do you have a story that you could share with us about an individual or a company that you have helped uh, personal or otherwise, and after the, the event or after the, the 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 occurrence, it really reminded you, you know, hey, we are doing good work. We're 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 making a difference. Can you share a story? Absolutely, absolutely. And 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 obviously, I don't want to give any names or anything like that because I don't want to put that company on the spot. Um, but I was working with a very small mom and pop shop. Um, and they were heavily invested into finances of other businesses, right? That's what they, 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 they did. They handled finances for other businesses. So they had a lot of business financial records within their business. They were a small business. They didn't have an elaborate cybersecurity team. They didn't have the latest and greatest technologies. They, they, and, and they certainly weren't keeping up on it. And this was not a young company. This company has been in business for 35 years at the time. So they so so they so they had progressed with the internet right they were they progressed as the internet progressed and and they weren't on they weren't on the latest greatest and, and one of the systems that they were using for storing files was completely unencrypted across the cloud which i know sounds crazy but that was archaic and that could have been very dangerous now we were able to go and look at some things and and we do not believe in any way shape or form that they were breached thank goodness but by being able to go and talk to them and work with them, we were able to get it away, get them away from that. Be okay, encryption is important. Here are ways to encrypt. Here are different resources. We can even talk to this company, third-party company you're working with, and help you get on their latest and greatest, so that you don't have to deal with this. 
we have to do that. This was, again, this was a small mom and pop shop. They were doing great work for their community and the business in their community. And they were an outstanding, you know, an outstanding business. But it would have been so simple for them to lose their business, right? Right. If, if someone had exploited that, their business would have been shut down. There would have been no coming back from that. There would trust would have been gone forever. So by being able to go in and do that, you know, you, you get to save a business that's been a substantial part of the community. You get to safeguard other parts of that community, but you get to see some good people continue to do good things. And again, these weren't bad people. They weren't doing anything wrong. They didn't know any better, right? They grew with the internet and that's what the internet is. It's, it's, it's been a, you know, how much change have we seen in our lifetimes? How much change did this company go through in their lifetime with the growth of the internet? And if something simple could have ended it, Thank goodness we were there. And then that's why I do my job, right? It's not, it's not just for the fun, the thrill of cybersecurity because cybersecurity is pretty tedious. It's because every once in a while you save someone's butt that really deserved it. That really deserved it. Well put. Well, Grant, thank you again for being a guest on our podcast. We really appreciate your time with us today. We wish you well. Uh, this is going to be an interesting year. I think that, uh, we, we, we spoke earlier before the podcast about how we're bouncing back. Uh, we're, we're coming back. May not be in right. a straight line, may not be in the speed that we wanted to, but we're coming back. So I think this is going to be a good year for all of us, and uh, we wish you well. Yeah, and you and to you and your viewers as well. Thanks, Jeff. Bye-bye. Thanks for watching the Cyber Pro Podcast and being part of our community. We really appreciate it. We have more episodes here. <laughs>